Penelope Weasley had awakened every morning for the past six months in a relatively good mood. It was part of her natural character to be optimistic. But the first seconds of daily optimism were dashed every time she felt the growing bulge in her belly, or looked up on instinct to see the picture of Percy still smiling and waving to her on the bureau. Her heart would lurch, and she would remember. This particular morning, the baby had actually awakened her with its kicking. There was just a month to go, and Penelope was a bit frightened that the baby might never come out. She reached for her stomach and opened her eyes slowly, catching a glimpse of the bureau and Percy, and she felt a wave of sadness sweep over her as her eyes glanced across the calendar. It was August 27th, her anniversary, hers and Percy's, their first. They had never even made it to their first anniversary. Penelope felt the tears begin to form in her eyes, and she pulled the covers over her head, but not before catching a glimpse of Percy's prefix badge glinting in the summer sun that was pouring through the window. Without warning, her mind fluttered back to a time when Percy had worn the badge proudly, when she had first noticed him. Having been raised in a muggle household, Penelope had not been used to many things at Hogwarts. She had known that she had been placed in Ravenclaw because she was smart. She had known that the Gryffindors were supposed to be brave, the Hufflepuffs hard-working, and the Slytherins, well, who couldn't see what they were like. So she had been quite surprised initially to find out that the Gryffindor prefect with the bright red hair and horn-rimmed glasses seemed more smart than brave, although, she reflected now, in the end the bravery and courage had won out, hadn't they? Percy had been so cute. Even at fourteen, she had noticed her tendency to be attracted to boys for their brains. Well, after fourteen, she'd only been attracted to Percy, period. She had first spoken to him on the Hogwarts grounds during her fourth year. She had been sitting on a bench outside on a warm day in April, reading an arithmetic textbook. Percy had strode by her, taking the long, quick steps that always made him appear blustery and impatient. She had glanced up, seen who it was, and looked back down at her book, blushing slightly. She had known who Percy Weasley was, and she'd been hoping for a chance to speak with him. At the last second, however, her will had evaporated, and she had pulled the textbook up closer to her face. She had heard Percy walk by on the path, and the next sound was that of a throat clearing. He'd asked if he could sit down. She nodded. He'd asked her questions about arithmancy. He was also studying it, but he was a year ahead of her. He had seemed to her to be a bit lonely, and she couldn't understand why. She had found him charming, and he had made her laugh. He told her how appalled he was that his younger brother seemed to be constantly in trouble at Hogwarts. Honestly, you'd think that people would use common sense. And she had told him about her younger sister, a muggle who, at age twelve, sneaked out of her parents' house every other night to go dancing in the nearby town. They discussed how hypocritical it was for Arthur Weasley to go around breaking the rules of his own Muggle Protection Act left and right, and she had told Percy how her father worked for an environmentalist organization, yet insisted on driving everywhere, no matter how close. They had discovered much in common, and by the time he'd escorted her up to the Great Hall for dinner, she'd been smitten. Penelope groaned under the covers. Something that sounded like a pan being thrown onto a stove resonated through the house, louder than usual. A moment later she could smell frying bacon from downstairs, 
and her stomach recoiled against the unwelcome smell. Molly Weasley had been insisting that she eat it every morning. I always ate it when I was pregnant, and look how my children turned out. Penelope rolled her eyes. She wondered if bacon was somehow the secret ingredient for red hair. Percy's hair had been the most subdued of all the Weasleys. Also, his freckles had been almost non-existent. All those years of studying indoors while his brothers were outside practicing Quidditch had definitely had an effect. Only a handful of freckles had managed to develop, a smattering on his hands and on his cheeks. They had been very light, but she had noticed them. The first time he'd held her hand, Penelope's stomach did another somersault, in the prefix compartment during the ride to Hogwarts at the beginning of her fifth year. She had reflected at the time that this must be one of those reasons he had been placed in Gryffindor. She would never have had the nerve to make the first move. True, they had written almost every day during the summer, but still, she had felt extremely shy upon seeing him in person after a two-month separation. She had spent much of the ride staring mesmerized at their entwined hands. Soon they had been sneaking into abandoned classrooms for stolen kisses between classes. Neither one of them had wanted to sneak out at night, because that would have been breaking their own prefect rules. But they had both agreed that going to classrooms during their own free time was acceptable. People had thought Percy Weasley was a stick in the mud. People had found him boring, pompous, self-righteous. But they hadn't really known him. Her Percy had been exciting, passionate, gentle, considerate, and, well, of course he had been a bit pig-headed at times but weren't most men? Penelope forced herself to sit up in bed. She could hear her mother-in-law talking to someone quite loudly downstairs. She tried to block it out of her mind and bring back that last memory of kissing in the classrooms, and found herself on the edge of tears again. She put both hands on her swelling belly and tried to calm herself down. It won't do to think back on him, will it? It isn't going to bring him back. Nothing could bring him back. It made her so angry sometimes. Running her fingers through her short, curly hair, she was reminded of the last time that she'd been truly angry with Percy. Two months after his death, she had felt a rage towards him that she had never felt while he was alive. She had not been able to sleep that night, feeling very unhappy, ugly, five months pregnant, and fat. She had heaved herself out of bed and into the shower. Her long curls had been even more tangled than normal, due to the amount of time she had been spending in bed and her lack of interest in picking up her head for any reason. After struggling with shampoo for about five minutes, she'd shut off the shower and begun ransacking the bathroom looking for a pair of scissors. Percy had loved her hair. It had been beautiful when it was long, light brown, fine, and very curly, and it never seemed to lie flat or lose its bounce. Well, he isn't here, she thought furiously, so I don't need it any more. Do wizards really not use scissors? Why can't I find any? She had thrown on her robe and stomped down the stairs, out to Arthur Weasley's workshop. After a few minutes she had found a pair of rusty, dull scissors, performed a simple sharpening spell, and begun randomly chopping at her curly locks. With each snip of the scissors she'd muttered, Take that, Percy! It had been remarkably therapeutic more so than any amount of tea served up by Molly Weasley, who had given a slight shriek at the sight of Penelope's shorn appearance. Tears had welled in her mother-in-law's eyes, but Molly had recovered herself, told Penelope that it suited her, 
and offered to even out the back. Penelope jolted back into reality at the sound of white-hot sizzling and the overpowering odor of very ready bacon. Another noise from downstairs made her jump. Something must have been bothering Molly. Either that or the ghoul from the attic was making a social call in the kitchen of the burrow. Penelope threw her legs over the side of the bed. She was really getting too enormous, and was actually a little relieved that Percy's last memory of her hadn't been in this state, although it would have been lovely to have him put his arms around her and lie and tell her that she would always be beautiful in his eyes. No. Penelope stuffed her feet into slippers, ignoring the calendar. She would try not to remember that today was anything special. She was glad that Molly planned to head out to Professor Lupin's house to see everyone. She wanted to be alone and spend the day wallowing in her own grief. It struck her, as it always did, that the wallowing couldn't be good for the baby. She touched her stomach with soothing fingers, stroking the bulge as if the baby could feel it, and tried to bring her mind around. Perhaps she would try to work. After all, she was still trying to develop an imprisonment charm to hold prisoners in culparat, and the ministry needed it now more than ever. Her father-in-law had been gently prodding her for weeks to put her head back into the development process, if she could manage it. Penelope rebuffed Arthur's request as best she could, telling him that though she had received top marks in school for charms, she didn't have the skill and knowledge to accomplish such an enormous spell alone. And that was partially true. But that wasn't the real reason she couldn't put her heart into it. She had started working on it for Percy's sake, and all the research she'd done since his death in February had been extremely painful. Lately, it made her physically sick to look back over their painstaking notes and labeled arithmetic charts, where her handwriting and Percy's were scribbled in tandem on every page. It had been their project. They had been in love already, but it was over those pages that they had come to depend on one another. A year and a half earlier, before she and Percy had been married, he had been extremely frustrated at the ministry. Fudge had been losing control and had been asking Percy to carry out near-impossible tasks. One such task had been to recall the Dementors from the Dark Army and set them back at Azkaban to guard the criminals. Percy had realized that Fudge's request was unachievable idiocy, and for the first time had begun to doubt the honor of the ministry. One evening, mainly in an attempt to calm him down, Penelope had proposed trying to develop an imprisonment charm for use in lieu of the Dementors. Percy had immediately taken to the idea. They'd worked on it in their spare time. It had drawn them even closer together, although developing the charm had seemed almost as impossible as catching the Dementors. One night, late in the spring, they had been sitting in Percy's cramped quarters near the ministry. They had been bent over the little table that doubled as a desk and eating space, reading up on spells and enchantments that might help them. Occasionally, Penelope had kicked Percy gently under the table, and he'd looked up and given her a tight little smile, the kind that he used when he was very unhappy but trying to be a man about it. That night, the smile had contorted into a worried frown. He'd stared at her for a moment as if seeing her for the first time. She'd stared back, curious as to whether something might be on her nose, and she'd resisted the urge to reach up and rub it. Then, suddenly, Percy had pushed his chair back from the table. It had made a loud scraping noise on the wood floor. He'd come around to where she had been sitting. She'd pushed her chair back as well, ready to jump up in case anything strange was about to happen. 
but he'd fallen to his knees, thrown his arms around her waist, and buried his head in her chest. She'd held him, stroking his hair lightly and waiting for an explanation, and finally he had pulled back, looked up at her with glasses askew, and burst, I wouldn't be anything without you. You give me strength. And would you please consider marrying me? The emotion that she'd felt at that moment had been overwhelming. She had gaped at him, then laughed, then started to cry, and told him of course she would marry him. What did he think? She hadn't left that night, or the next night. From that moment on, they'd been inseparable, working hard during the days and evenings, each knowing that the other was there to back them up. He wouldn't have been anything without her. Would she have been able to be anything without him? Where would she get her strength now? Absent-mindedly, Penelope rubbed her distended belly, or Percy's son or daughter was rapidly gaining life. She tried not to think about raising the baby without him. She tried not to think about anything. Every thought seemed to hurt more than the last one. With a forlorn sigh, she pulled on her dressing gown, paused to study Percy's picture on the dresser, and headed downstairs to the kitchen.